Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey there, this is the spoken edition of Wired. Elections don't work at all. You can blame the math. By Adam Rogers. San Francisco Mayor Ed Lee died in December of 2017. The election to replace him was Tuesday. No one knows who won. Partially, that's because the votes are still trickling in. Mail-in ballots merely had to be postmarked by Election Day. And as I write, the city is reporting 87,000 votes yet to be processed. But that's not the only roadblock. The other problem is math. See, the San Francisco mayoral election isn't just another whoever-gets-the-most-votes-win sort of deal. Now, this race was another example of the kind of cultural innovation that California occasionally looses upon an unsuspecting America, like smartphones and fancy toast. Surprise, you guys! We don't even vote like y'all out here. The way it worked is called ranked choice voting, also known as instant runoff. Voters rank three choices in order of preference. The counting process drops the person with the fewest first-choice votes, reallocates that candidate's votes to all his or her voters' second choices, and then repeats. Does this sound insane? Actually, it's genius. It is also insane. The mayoral ballot had eight candidates, including unlikely winners like a lawyer who'd run three times before, a holistic health practitioner, and a Republican. San Franciscans coalesced around three, London Breed, Jane Kim, and Mark Leno, all local elected officials with the kinds of intertwined histories that you could only get from two-fisted municipal politics in a region with astronomical amounts of tech money, mostly out of government reach thanks to sweetheart corporate tax deals and a history of failing to tax homeowners on the real value of their property. Breed has the most first-place votes so far, ten percentage points up on Leno in second, but Kim's reallocated third-place vote count has given Leno a margin so narrow it'd disappear if you looked at it on end. What's the point of complexifying a straightforward election? The thing is, elections aren't straightforward. Social choice theory lays out a bunch of different ways a group might make a decision, and plurality, whatever gets the most votes wins, is just one. 
It works great if you have a ballot with only two choices on it, but add more choices and you have problems. When Reform Party candidate Jesse Ventura defeated the Republican Norm Coleman and the Democratic Skip Humphrey for governor of Minnesota in 1998, political pundits saw voter disgust with the system at work. Ventura got 37% of the vote, Coleman, 35, and Humphrey, 28. But as Emory mathematician Victoria Powers wrote in a 2015 paper, exit polls said that almost everyone who voted for Coleman had Humphrey as a second choice, and Coleman was the second choice of almost everyone who voted for Humphrey. The voters preferred Coleman to both of the other candidates, and yet he lost the election, Powers wrote. That's plurality. The same problems come up with anti-plurality, in which everyone says who they hate and the person with the least votes wins. Both potentially violate Condorcet's theorem, as in the philosopher-mathematician the Marquis de Consoret, who in 1785 said in part that an election should be won by a candidate who'd beat all the other candidates head-to-head. Sequential pairwise voting, in which you eliminate the loser's March Madness style, gives you a clear Condorcet winner. But that winner is different for every order you run the matchups. So yeah, plurality, bad. It's very restrictive on voters, says Daniel Ullman, a mathematician at George Washington University and the co-author of The Mathematics of Politics. If you allow voters to say who their top two candidates are, or rank all ten in order, or give approval to those they like or don't like, or all sorts of other ballots, then things get interesting. They do indeed. The other systems let voters express more choice, but they also introduce what mathematicians call paradoxes. Here's an example. Ranked choice voting lacks monotonicity. That is to say, people sometimes have to vote against the candidate they're actually supporting to make a win more likely. That's disturbing, because when you go into the ballot box, you're not sure if you should reveal what your true wish is, Ullman says. And indeed, some of the campaigning leading up to Election Day involved telling people which two candidates to vote for, regardless of order. Basically, please vote against the other corner of the triangle. Flip side, imagine how different American history might be if the 2000 presidential election... Al Gore virtually tied with George W. Bush, Ralph Nader, and Pat Buchanan as spoilers, had been ranked choice. Ranked choice and sequential pairwise aren't even the weirdest possibilities out there. You could assign everyone a score, with some points for top choice, fewer for second, fewer for third, etc. Whoever has the most points at the end wins. That's a board account. Fun problem. In the same election with the same vote counts, plurality, anti-plurality, and Borda count could all yield different winners. And Borda violates Condorcet, too. Yikes! There was a meeting of voting system experts a number of years ago, and they voted on which method they liked best. Apparently, the plurality method got zero votes. Ullman says, One of the favorites was approval where your ballot is a yes-no choice for each candidate, and whoever gets the most yeses wins. Yes, I asked how they chose. They actually used approval voting, Ullman says. So do a lot of professional societies, including mathematicians. You might think that this would yield only the most anodyne, least objectionable choice. 
but you actually get winners. Condorcet winners. With broad support. Engineers don't like it as much. The Institute of Electrical and Electronic Engineers abandoned the practice. You can even go harder and hybridize various options, or add ranking to simple yes or no approvals. One downside might be that voters have to have an opinion about everyone on the ballot. If someone said, you have to submit a preference ballot and you have to rank all 20, there'd be a lot of people who would know their first and second choice, and maybe their third, but then say, I've never heard of the rest of these people. The mystery of who the next mayor of San Francisco will be wasn't even primary day's only drama. Instead of splitting up other races by party, in California everyone goes on to the same ballot, and the two top vote-getters advance to the general election in November. If they're from the same party, so be it. Except this year Democratic enthusiasm was so high because of, like, everything— that the slates in those races filled with raring-to-go dems representing every wavelength of blue from desaturated purple to deep indigo. That freaked out the National Party, which worried that everyone would peel votes from everyone else, locking Democrats out of both slots in four districts when the party is hoping to take control of the House of Representatives. They didn't get locked out, but the attempt at electoral innovation came from the same spirit— California has long been willing to perform surgery on democracy to correct flaws both cosmetic and life-threatening. Gilded Age California politics was so corrupt that progressive reformers instituted the initiative process, for example, letting anyone with enough signatures put legislation on a ballot. The top two primary, also used in Washington and Nebraska, comes in part as a tool in the fight against gerrymandering. Like a lot of Californian ideals, the voting system is a little crazy-making and a little noble all at once. It's also doomed. In the 1950s, the economist Kenneth Arrow set out to find the one best voting method, one election to rule them all. He ended up proving that there wasn't one. Arrow's impossibility theorem, for which he won the Nobel Prize in 1971, says that outside a two-choice plurality, no good method exists to make a rock-solid social choice. But that's democracy for you. We're not here to make the union perfect, just more perfect. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.